0: been away from the book of Acts for a couple of weeks now. It's time to get back and finish out chapter 3 today. So if you would open God's words to Acts chapter 3. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your marvelous, infinite, matchless grace graciously bestowed upon us, bestowed on those that believe. Father, as we, we look into Acts today and as, as Peter is preaching his second message, just give us understanding to your word, Father. Help us to realize what you've done for us, and to to be grateful and thankful, to be accepting of it, and then to want to share it with those around us. Thank you for your word, in Jesus' name. Amen. Going to do just a brief summary, so turn back to the beginning of Acts. We're going to kind of fly through it real quick to catch us back up to chapter 3 and just to kind of help us remember where our footing is. It will be quick, so fasten your seatbelt. Verse 1. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Luke is the author. He wrote wrote Luke, and we'll call that 1st Luke, and we'll call that 2nd Luke. It's the second volume. And it picks up where the first one left off. Remember, we read the last few verses of the book of Luke, and it runs right in. And it's almost like he... He just sat down the pen for the night's sleep or a meal or something and picked up and, and wrote the, the book of Acts. But the first account was to, uh, to tell us about what Jesus began to do and teach. And then in this book, we're going to see more of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's called the Acts of the Apostles, but it could be the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we, we see him working in the, the birth of the church. Uh, In verse chapter 1 there, we have uh, Christ telling about the coming of the Holy Spirit and that he had had been witnessed uh, after his resurrection by about 500 people, that he was raised from the dead, and that he was going to, after he left, he was going to send the Holy Spirit uh, in verse 8, that you'll receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you shall be witnesses in both in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. And that's what we're to use that power for. Say so it's, not, it's not all for us. The power of the Holy Spirit is, is nothing for us to hang on to and, and just hold it here because it's for us. But he gave it to us so that we would testify of Jesus Christ to the whole world and to, to share Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, 10 and 11 verses there, the angels say, hey guys, he's gone. He'll come back just like this. Why, why are you standing here gazing? Go get about the work that he told you to do. So they go to the upper room. We, we talked about the, them waiting in the upper room. And then uh, at the end of chapter 1 there, Matthias was chosen to replace Judas. Does anybody remember why? Why there had to be 12. Okay, the tribes, there's 12 tribes, but in, in the kingdom to come, each one of the, of the apostles are going to sit on one of the 12 thrones in the kingdom. So there had to be 12. It's a, it's a number of, of government. It's a number of uh, diplomacy is not the word I'm looking for, but governance. Okay, uh, so there needed to be 12 apostles. And we, saw, we looked at the, the requirements in verses 21-22 uh, of what the requirements were for the apostle. And um, I don't want to steal my thunder because I want to come back and review overall. But um, Matthias was chosen. Chapter 2, the Holy Spirit comes. There's a the sound like a mighty rushing wind. There was not an actual mighty rushing wind, but there was the sound like one. It got the attention of all the people in the temple. And and they came to figure out what was going on. What was that noise all about? And they were amazed because each one, and and it lists about 15 different parts of the world where where Jews had come back from captivity to live. And each one of them heard a funny thing they heard their, their native tongue from where they had been in captivity. They, they heard it in their own language from back home, so to speak, although the, they were really home now in Jerusalem. And we talked about they were bewildered, amazed, marveled, verse 12 of chapter 2. Uh, they continued in amazement and perplexity. And uh, they were trying to figure out what it was and discuss it, and finally some of them joked that these guys were drunk. You didn't, didn't that, that's like throwing meat to a dog, a very hungry junkyard dog. Peter, of course, had to stand up and preach. And, and it's his first message that we have in chapter 1. And he talks about how um, that the men are not drunk, but that it was spoken of through the prophet Joel. And, and he likes to go back, um, Luke likes to, to use a lot of history in, in his book, and we're going to look at some more of it today to say, hey guys, this, this, the prophets talked about this. The prophets told this was was coming, that the coming of the Holy Spirit talked about in his book in the Old Testament. Jesus is risen, chapter uh, 2, verse 22. And uh, okay, again, I want to Kind of summarized, but he goes through. He he, he references several times David uh, towards the end of the chapter. There and at the end of the message, the, the Holy Spirit was obviously working because at the end of his message in verse thirty-seven, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart, and they said to to Peter and the rest of the apostles, "What what do we do?" And Peter says, "Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ." on the basis of the forgiveness of your sins, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there was 3,000 saved and baptized. The first church was established there in Jerusalem based on the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit through Peter, through Peter's preaching. And so we had the occasion in chapter 2 to, to the thing that started Peter Peter say Peter and preaching together, yeah, preached because the Holy Spirit came. And so that kind of was what set it off in in the the coming of the Holy Spirit and the men that accused the apostles of being drunk. Chapter 3, we have the healing of the lame man that that we've already addressed. And that was the event that that led to, to Peter's next sermon. One of the things I want to go back and kind of overview just quickly, Acts 1:14. They were all with one mind. chapter 2 verse 46. And day by day they were continuing with one mind. There was a common thread. There was unity. And it wasn't because they had Peter's mind or Matthias' mind or any one of the other disciples' mind. It was because they were sharing in the mind of Christ. And we've, we've looked at Philippians 2 several times because that's what we need to do. You should not have your own mind. I should not have my own mind here. That's not what I'm preaching. I'm preaching the Word of God. And we need to have the mind of Christ. And in that we have Unity. We don't have unity because we love one another, although that's part of it. We have unity if we are in the mind of Christ. If we have his mind and want his desires to be top priority in our life. So they were with continually with one mind. Then, if you look back again to chapter 1, verse 14, they were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Verse 24, and they prayed. Chapter 2, verse 42, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. If you look at chapter 6, we haven't gotten there yet, but if you look at chapter 6, verse 4, we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. You kind of get a, a flavor for what their desire was and what they were all about, what they were preaching. They wanted to be of the mind of Christ. What they were doing, they were doing through the power of the Holy Spirit, not in and of themselves. I'll refer back to Nehemiah 6 again. That when they had built the wall, the nations around them paused and took notice and said, hey, their God is at work. And that was our prayer when we started building this. That the community, you know, everybody said, oh, that, that Baptist church is gone. They tore their buildings down. No, we're not. God is still working. And, the, and that those, those three rooms in the ministry that they'll have in this community, in this church, is evidence that God is working. But we stop and we give God the glory for that. He is the one that is bringing it about that things are all about money because it's not, but yet it is a necessary thing in our lives, the way our economy is set up. Just talking with Shirley, looking at some financial reports. We're at the end of the year. Now, I don't have December's yet, but looking at the end of November. Guys, I get goosebumps when I tell this. At the end of November, we had $29,000 in our checkbook. About seven or eight thousand of that is building fund. When we started adding this on, we had about what is it, fifty-five hundred dollars? It's it's in the checkbook, but it's kind of set aside for savings. It's not designated for anything specifically, but it's it's there. And we agreed that if it was necessary to accomplish that, because we didn't want to take on any debt. We didn't want a mortgage, we didn't want a loan. That we would use that fifty five hundred dollars if we needed to from savings. Guess what? We haven't touched it. That sixteen thousand dollars sixteen thousand five hundred, I think it's about sixteen five, just shy of sixteen five with interest on it now. That CD that we have that we were gonna cash in if needed to. We haven't cashed it in yet, folks. It's still sitting there. God's work done in God's time and God's way will have God's support. So what a, what a blessing it is to see that's going on. But it's because we are devoting ourselves to the word and to Prayer. We are focusing our attention and to being being of one mind and that being the mind of Christ. To proclaim the word of God to our community and to those around. That's what these guys were were all about. Verse forty three of chapter two, just point this out quickly says everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. A lot of this work that was done through the ministry of the Holy Spirit was only done through the apostles. It was, it was the beginning of the church. It wasn't something that was going to continue on through the whole church age. And it wasn't everybody in the church that received the Holy Spirit that was given these gifts. It was very specifically through the apostles. And if you look in first Corinthians thirteen and fourteen, you'll see that there was a things were different at the start. You ask anybody that has kids, you know that where they're at today is a different place than where they were six months ago you You treat them differently, you feed them differently they their sleep patterns are most likely different than they were six months ago. And as the church as a baby was was growing. So the, the way that it, was, that it was happening is different than the way it is today. Okay? These, these things were very specifically done, and God makes a point in telling us in his word that it was through the apostles. It was not through every believer that, that these things were being done. Catch up to chapter 3. Do you remember Peter and John were, were going into the temple and the lame man was there he'd been put there carried there every day for over 40 years to to beg for alms to to have money to buy food to, or to even somebody would would do it for him and as they go start to go into the temple he says alms what do you got for me verse 5 Chapter 3, verse 5, He began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I don't possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk. Probably one of my, my favorite illustrations so far that I've used in a sermon and preaching in the, the book of Acts here. It was in, in the around 1200-something. Uh, Thomas Aquinas was visiting the Pope in Rome. And the Pope showed him all the riches and the wealth that he had, the, the, the chest full of gold and silver that was sent in from all over the world. And the Pope said to Thomas Aquinas, Peter back then said, silver and gold have I none? He said, I can't say that, because look at all I got. And Thomas Aquinas looked him in the eye and said, neither can you say in the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene walk. The riches were there, but the power was gone. And Thomas Aquinas was willing to call him out on it. Just as Peter, repeatedly in his messages and acts, calls the Jews out as being the ones that crucified their Messiah. You're going to look at that again today in in verses 17 through the end of the chapter. In verse 12 there, after the healing and and the, the man goes about leaping. And, and praising God, shouting with joy. And, and people take notice. People take notice because, hey, isn't that the guy? He's He's been sitting out by the entrance of the temple for over 40 years. What's he doing leaping and jumping around? In the name of of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk. My last couple sermons in, 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 uh, Acts before we, we took a little break at Christmas time, the, the name, the title of the sermons were in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene walk, and then in the name of the holy and righteous one, it's in the name of Jesus. And, and that's what Peter starts preaching in verses 12 through 16 there. The, the, the men were amazed uh, when Peter saw in verse 11, it's talking about how all the, they were getting all the attention of the people in the temple and the ones that were lined up on, on the, the porch, Solomon's porch there, just on the east side of the temple. And Peter says, men of Israel, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Why do you gaze at us if by our own power or piety we had made him walk? the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our Father, has glorified His servant Jesus. Because it was in the name of Jesus that that man was healed. It wasn't so that anybody could get rich. It wasn't so anybody could have a TV show. It was so that the name of Jesus Christ could be glorified. And that His name would be exalted. Verse 16, on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know, and the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect health in the presence of you all. The Sadducees didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't want to acknowledge this miracle of this healing, because then they would have to admit that Jesus was most likely alive, and at the very minimum that his name had power, because it was in Jesus' name that this man was healed. Makes me think back to Nehemiah. He's, he's been one of my heroes for the past three, probably two or three decades. Love Nehemiah and his faithfulness to the work and rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem. But Nehemiah never, ever tried to take credit for himself. And neither does Peter and John here. It's about God. It's about His name. It's about bringing Him glory. It's about exalting Him in His name. It's not about you and me. Sorry. Sorry to disappoint you or burst your bubble or bring you crashing back to earth or whatever. But what we are here for is for Jesus Christ. It is not for us. It is for Him and Him alone. And Nehemiah was never afraid to deflect the praise and say, no, it's Jesus. It's God that's doing this. The nations recognized that God was at work. Not that Nehemiah was at work. And here Peter says, it is the name of Jesus. It's not me. It's not John. It's nothing we could do. It's the power of the Holy Spirit working in the name of Jesus. Now we'll get to today's. That was the introduction. I'll read uh, chapter 3, verse 17 through the end of the chapter, and then we'll go ahead and start pulling that apart. Now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, uh, because, again, he just got done ripping on them for killing the Messiah, uh, pretty much uh, the second half of verse 13, all of 14 and 15. He's pointing the finger right at them. Now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance when you killed the Messiah, just as you rulers did also. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that this Christ should suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and return, that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, that he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth, excuse me, of his holy prophets from ancient time. Moses said, The Lord God shall rise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. To him you shall give need Heed in everything he says to you. And it shall be that every soul that does not heed that prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. And likewise all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel and his successors onward also announce these days. It is you who are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant which God made with your father saying to Abraham, And in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. For you first, God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. A lot of this passage applies specifically to the Jewish nation. But let's, let's begin to delve into it. Verse 17, now brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also. Almost sounds like he's letting them off the hook, doesn't it? For as often as he's yelling at them about, hey, you guys are the you murdered the Messiah. You caused him to be hung on a tree. And we discussed that too, that it was just as much you and me responsible for Christ on that tree as it was them. Think back, and it's in the Old Testament, Numbers chapter 35. We're not going to turn there, but you can write that down. There's there, there's a lot of detail given there. But there is this law in the Old Testament that if a man accidentally killed another man, he could run to a city of refuge. Anybody remember that? Does that sound familiar? That if you accidentally killed somebody, if you were out chopping wood with your neighbor and the axe head flew off and hit him in the head and killed him, it wasn't intentional. But the avenger of that man's blood would come after you, and you had to get to one of these six cities as a city of refuge that you would be protected that you would find mercy there and does anybody remember how long they had to stay there it's kind of a funny requirement yeah they had to stay in that city of refuge until the high priest died yeah that was the law That was the law that God established. Then he could return to his home and his family, and the the avenger of the other man's family that he had killed had no right to come after him. Whole different situation if you murdered somebody intentionally with planning and with malice. Totally different subject, totally different situation. But Peter says here, I know that you acted in ignorance just as your rulers did also. God established those cities of refuge as a place where you could run to and find mercy and grace there. And not be killed or avenged upon by this other, the avenger of the family of the man that was killed. If we are willing to enter a place of refuge, God is willing to forgive us. We come to the place of refuge, and we are safe there for as long as the high priest is alive, and the high priest Melchizedek, how long is, is Christ alive for? Forever. So you and I have mercy and grace forever if we come into the place of refuge of Jesus Christ. And what he did for us. If we will come to Jesus. We have that protection. And that mercy. A place of refuge. If You are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. In that place of refuge. Nobody will be able to bring any charge against you. Satan has lost his power over you. He has no right to your life or to your soul. If you'll come to the place of refuge, the city of refuge, the place of refuge that Jesus Christ established when he died for your sins and my sins. Turn, if you would, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6. Yet yeah, we do speak wisdom among those who are mature, a wisdom, however, not of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are passing away. But we speak God's wisdom in a mystery, in the hidden wisdom which God predestined before the ages to our glory. The wisdom which none, get this, the wisdom which none of the rulers of this age has understood. If they had understood it, They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Okay? Back to to Acts 3. It's it's like, Peter, you're, you're giving them an out. And it's like, no, that he's not giving them an out. What he's telling them about is the hope, the possibility of refuge in not being held accountable of our sins because of what Jesus Christ did for us. If these people had known, you say, how could they not know? Look at all the prophecy of the Old Testament. My goodness, I dare say we probably would have reacted exactly like they did if we had been living back then and not today. He 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 is not trying to give them an out, or or that that uh, forgiveness was unnecessary. That's not what Peter's saying. He is saying that if you take refuge in Jesus Christ, you will be forgiven of your sin, even though we know that we are responsible for him being on the cross. Luke 23, we we know that... Um, let me turn there. I, I don't like to paraphrase all the time because... I want to get it right. Luke 23, 34. Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He wasn't just referring to the Roman soldiers that were gambling over his cloak. Okay? He was referring to the Jews. He was referring... Yes, to the Gentiles and the soldiers, but he was also referring to the Jews and the leaders of the Jews. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't understand. They didn't realize. I will ask you to turn to Isaiah 53 with me. Who has believed, starting in verse 1, Isaiah 53, 1. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of the parched ground. He had no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. He was despised and forsaken of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and like one for whom men hid their face. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs. He himself bore, and our sorrows he carried, yet we ourselves esteemed and stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, the chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has caused the iniquity of all of us all to fall on him that being Jesus Christ. Verse 7, He was oppressed and was afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is silent before His shears, He did not open His mouth. By oppression and judgment He was taken away, and for His generation was concerned that He was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of My people to whom the stroke was due. His grave was assigned with wicked men, yet He was with the rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. But the Lord, get this, listen to this, but the Lord was pleased to crush his son, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, that he will see his offspring, he will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied and by his knowledge the righteous one. My servant will justify the many as he will bear their iniquities. Remember that verse 11 there where it says my servant because he uses that term twice in Acts chapter 3 to refer to Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ was the servant of the Father. Therefore I will allot him a portion with the great and he will divide the booty with the strong because he poured out himself to death. He was numbered with the transgressors, yet he himself bore the sin of many and interceded for for the transgressors. Back to Acts. The prophets foretold what was going to happen. These guys did it in ignorance. Why didn't you see the Messiah coming? He was right there in front of you. He was God's appointed. God sent him for a very specific person and you rejected him. You rejected him to the point you killed him. Before the foundation of the world was laid, it was part of God's plan. The plan of salvation for you and me was established and set up before the earth was even made. He knew what his son would go through for your sins and mine. He did it willingly. John 10.18 says he did it voluntarily. Luke 23.46 says, Father, I, I release my soul to you. He, he wasn't really murdered. I mean, he, his, his physical body was killed by being on the cross and by the, by the insistence of the Jews and the, the carrying out of the Roman soldiers. But it was something that he was willing to do for you and me from the very start, from the get-go. He knew what was coming. As he came as a baby in a manger. He knew what was in front of him. (coughs) Excuse me. Yet he was willing to do it for you and me. Let that sink in. He was willing to do that for you and me. Verse 18, but the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets that his anointed one, his son, the servant, the Messiah, should suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Peter's message, what God said he would do. Verse 18, the title of my message, you guys know I'm big on alliteration, but God's word did all the work here for me, okay? Repent, return, and be refreshed. Repent of your sin. Return. Turn from Satan and return to God. And there will be three blessings. We'll look at them quickly. The first one's that your sins may be wiped out, that we would be forgiven. in order that the time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Does anybody, and and I'll I'll give you 20 gold stars if you remember this one and get this one right. Does anybody remember who we've studied in the book of Timothy? There was a breath of fresh air, what his name was. Onesiphorus. His name means breath of fresh air. I love that name. Isn't that a great name? Onesiphorus. I don't know, it's just the way way it rolls off my tongue. I don't know. Call me silly or crazy or whatever. I just love that name. Onesiphorus. He was a breath of fresh air to Paul's ministry. And he told Timothy to remember and be grateful for him. And trust me, any pastor that has an Onesiphorus in his congregation is a blessed pastor. We all like a breath of fresh air, don't we? If you repent, and if you sanctify, we say sanctification has two aspects. It's separation from the world, separation to God. Repent. Turn from the world. Turn to God. Your sins will be forgiven you. And you will be refreshed. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Repent and return. Your sins will be blotted out. You'll be refreshed. In verse 20, he may send Jesus the chief appointed for you. Now, folks, this has a whole lot more loaded into what it looks like. Okay? Sum it all up briefly, real quick and tight. The quicker the Jews as a nation return to God, the sooner Christ will return to this earth and set up his kingdom. That was a mouthful. Did you get that? That's what Peter's saying here, and that's what the Word of God says and, and is I, I won't just read through the verses again, but that's what we read uh, um, in verses 21: 22, uh, 22 through25 talk more about the prophets. kind of like, hey guys, the prophets told you it was coming, but you missed it, you, you weren't looking for it, you didn't see it. One of the things as a Christian that we need to do in our spiritual walk is we need to be looking for the coming of Christ. Not shaking in fear. Not selling everything and go sitting on a mountaintop and hold hands and sing Kumbaya by the fire. That's not what that's talking about. But we do need to be ready and looking for the return of Jesus Christ. We need to be expecting Him. We need to want it. We need it to, to be part of our heart. That that talk about the, having the mind of Christ. When we all get there, to, to that point where we are all looking for Christ, we will have the mind of Christ. We will have unity like nothing anybody's ever seen before. But we all got to get to the place in our spiritual life where we are anticipating. We, it's it's <laughs> my wife made scotcheroos last night. I, I didn't eat the whole pan. I can't wait to get home and have some more. I am anticipating that. I'm looking forward to getting home this afternoon so I can have some more scotcheroos. Am I anticipating Christ like that and His return and His kingdom to be set up? That's where our hearts need to be. And that's where they can be if we will repent and return. We will experience our sins being blotted out and being forgiven. We will experience the time of refreshing from God. And we will experience the coming of His kingdom. His earthly kingdom for the millennium, where we will reign with him. That's when we will see the 12 apostles on the 12 thrones. For you first, verse 26, Acts chapter 3, verse 26, for you first God raised up his servant and sent him to bless you by turning every one of you from your wicked ways. Gotta see my find my verses here in my notes. <laughs> okay, there we go. Acts thirteen. I'm not going to turn there. Just write these down. Acts thirteen forty six. He says it again. What we see here in Romans one sixteen. Can anybody quote Romans one sixteen for me? I gotta make sure I got the right one. Now that's Galatians two twenty. I want to start again. I want to start it out right. Come on. You ever go too fast that you get further behind? I gotta slow down sometimes. One sixteen. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I was right. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, listen, and this, this, we don't always think about this, it says, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. His plan, because his people are a chosen people. And so the plan of salvation was given to them first, to the Jew first, and then to the Greek. Well, back in Acts chapter 2, that's, that's what this is talking about, in verse Acts 3.20. That he may send Jesus the Christ appointed for you, whom heaven must receive until the period of restoration of all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from ancient time. Then he goes about, talks about the prophets there. But again, just quickly to sum that up, the quicker, and this is why, this is why missionaries to the Jews are so important. Why, why we need to share with the Jews that, yes, Jesus was the Messiah. He is your Messiah. They were looking for that earthly kingdom, the governmental thing, to throw off the Roman rule. But he wanted to be their spiritual Messiah, their Savior. And the sooner that the Jewish nation returns to God and acknowledges and accepts Jesus as their Messiah... The quicker he will return and establish his earthly kingdom. But what about that for us? Repent and return. Our sins will be forgiven, we'll be refreshed, and we can look forward and celebrate the coming of, of, uh, of Christ back to the earth, his second coming to the earth in the millennium kingdom, because that's his plan. That's the way he established it. That's the way he set it up. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Peter proclaiming and acknowledging that you had a plan from the very beginning. The prophets told, but even the rulers and the Jews pushing for your son's crucifixion was part of your plan that you would suffer for us because you love us. Thank you for your mercy, Father. And thank you just as much for your grace. Thank you for who you are and what you've done. Oh, God, help us to look and anticipate your return that we might know you in the power of your resurrection father i pray this in jesus name amen as you go this-